for joining us today. I'm Casey Vanderstrict, um, and I'm excited to welcome you and to introduce Nargis. So let's get started. I am thrilled to be hosting this webinar today with Nargis and to have the have Solver teams have the opportunity um, to meet this badass entrepreneur herself. Um, and so really excited to, to introduce you. But I'm also excited because this is a, a moment for Solve and, and certainly for Solve Innovation Future that has been a long time coming. We've been working on this effort for about six months now. Um, and this webinar series is a part of our, our work to better support both Solver teams and entrepreneurs more broadly to help support folks who have impact at the core of what they do continue to grow, scale, and commercialize. Um, and through a number of conversations that we've been having, both with Solver teams and with the field more broadly, we think there is so much opportunity and that it's really important for us um, as, as a network to be connecting our entrepreneurs with sort of best-in-class thinking, case studies, and real-life examples of ways that you can structure your business that maybe look a little bit different than business as usual. Um, and so we're really excited to be sharing some of these concepts with you all um, and starting a conversation that I think has an opportunity to really um, grow and evolve over time. Um, that means that you, our solver teams, and our broader Solve network are the most important part of these conversations. So please do share your questions with the chat, send them to us before these, these podcasts or these webinars are, go live. Um, and we're really looking forward to bringing you into the conversation. So hopefully that this is a very collaborative effort. Um, in fact, we may actually structure them as meetings moving forward so that we can bring others into the conversation. We will get into future topics um, later in the conversation, but I, without further ado, think we should kick off with introductions about who we are and why we're on the phone. Um, so why don't, Nurgis, why don't you introduce yourself? Because I have been talking now for, for two or three minutes. Sure, of course. Of course. Thank you, Casey. It's, it's an honor to be here. I'm so excited about our podcast series. So my name is Nargis Fanyasadi. I'm an entrepreneur based in San Francisco Bay Area at this moment, but I work globally with many different entrepreneurs in the digital health space, health technology, as well as social impact. My background is that I was a scientist at Stanford University 10 years ago doing computational biology, and then I started a company with collaborators at Stanford and UC Berkeley to build software and data analytics for DNA sequencing. I ran the company for a few years and then we got successful and eventually we sold to a big pharma company, uh, Roche Pharmaceuticals, where I was an executive for a few years. So I went through this journey of like being a scientist and an entrepreneur and an executive uh, quite quickly, you know, relatively quickly. And then I've been working with the investors and entrepreneurs since then. And what, um, I learned through this journey is that how our systems of innovation can really improve to become more socially conscious and impactful. I saw many times entrepreneurs start with a good intention to build a very impactful, scalable organization, but things can go wrong along the path. You know, you, your culture of the organization might shift, you might get some people on your board or work with investors who think differently. So I got more and more curious about how we can build processes, practices, toolkits, so we can really help the entrepreneurs who want to be very purposeful to stay on the path and build very 
fulfilling and, and rewarding organizations for everyone who is involved. And that is when I also, you know, met MIT Solve and got involved. And I'm so happy to be part of this global community. I look at all the Solver teams as really the leaders, um, you know, around the world that we're going to together change the practice of entrepreneurship so we can use business um, as a, a vehicle, as a tool to change our world for better. Uh, so happy to be part of this conversation. As Casey said, it, we really look at it to be two ways. We want you to not only propose topics, but also lead the conversations about the challenges we are facing, the things we can do all differently so we can start this global movement together. That's great. Thank you so much for that introduction and for joining us. Holland, if you'll pull up a couple of slides, and for those of you who don't or haven't had the chance to meet Holland, she is maestro extraordinaire behind the scenes, making sure that all of these meetings happen. Um, so I'm sure you will hear from her soon. But we wanted to make sure we grounded this conversation within the Solve Network and the work that we do. So if you'll flip to the first slide. You've, you've just gotten to meet your hosts. Nar Nargis and I will continue to sort of facilitate these conversations. But again, hopefully we'll hear more from you and our guests than you will from us moving forward. Um, on the next slide, we talk a little bit, we'll let that flip, uh, about the post-investment support that Solve Innovation Future runs. So as a reminder, I'm principal of Solve Innovation Future, the philanthropic venture vehicle associated with MIT Solve. Nargis and I actually work together on this effort. Um, she's a member of our leadership circle, which means she helps us both direct the investments from a portfolio level. So thinking about what types of companies should we be investing in? How should we be thinking about impact? How should we be thinking about post-investment support? And obviously helps us think about technology specifically um, and what teams are really harnessing technology in novel ways. Um, once we make an investment, Solve Innovation Future supports teams in three ways, investor and network connectivity, strategic partnership, and impact measurement and, and monitoring. This work that we're doing really fits under our strategic partnership bucket. Um, and I think what's fun for me is that obviously we hope that these conversations are useful for our investees, but I think more importantly, we're hopeful that these conversations help the broader solver team cohort network past and present um, to be ready for investment, whatever form that investment may take. And one of the conversations we'll host um, in a couple months is really focused on funding and financing. And what are some of the alternatives to, I can either raise money through sort of traditional growth equity, or I can go look for grants. There's a whole bunch of funding in the middle um, that we can talk about and that Solve Innovation Future can connect you with. That's one example of the types of conversations we hope we'll have. Um, so on the next slide, we've brought up the themes and topic areas that we hope to cover in this conversation over the next few months or, or even few years. Um, Nargis, you wanna talk a little bit about purpose and then these different components? Of course. So we tried in this visual to communicate some of the really major themes and elements that contribute to purposeful entrepreneurship. Yeah. So we want the purpose to be in the center. We want to optimize everything. So you achieve the purpose you want. You set up your mind to achieve with your business. But there are these elements that are going to support you on your way. For example, the culture, you know, what type of culture you have in your company, the values that you have as individual and also in your team. How are you doing decision making in your company? What are the internal processes? Then there is a legal structure, you know, uh, what are the things that you measure and you report on? Who has ownership? You know, the ownership 
will then reflect on the governance and decision making in the high level in the company. The financing and fundraising that Casey mentioned, you know, every money has its own use. So you need to be very careful which money you are getting to as an investment to build your company. And we want to connect you with the different sources so you have more options, as well as your partnerships, business models, how much those are aligned with your purpose and impact. So these are very broad topics. Yeah, we hope we have many conversations in each of them as we go forward. Yeah, I think that's an important note just for level setting of what we're trying to do um, in this effort. Um, I think specifically we can pick and we'd like you to be a part of these conversations. I think we can cover sort of what's in the broad sort of umbrella sense, um, but we can also go deep on specific topics. And so I think that'll be a nice balance and we'd like that to be, we'd like you to be involved in, in some of those conversations about how, where we go deep um, moving forward. So Holland, that's great for slides right now. And we're gonna spend a few minutes just exploring some of the questions um, that I think uh, help us understand where this conversation um, may take us over time. So I'd love to start, Nargis, by just asking you, why is this different? Uh, why does this matter? Um, and, and given your specific experience as an entrepreneur, are there pieces of this puzzle that you wish you had known before um, you kind of were down the road as an entrepreneur that, that we might learn from? hundred percent. Thank you. Thank you, Casey, to, for bringing that topic. You know, I have been a typical tech science entrepreneur in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And um, I know how it is difficult to be an entrepreneur, even when you're building a company in a very hot field of, say, genomics still is very hard to bring people on board that are really aligned with, with your purpose and help you grow the, the business. Now, the areas that we are working uh, with the solver teams on are sometimes very difficult areas that traditionally have not uh, received as much attention and funding and resources from the business sector. So I think the social entrepreneurs are facing even harder challenges. And that is why we are here. We really want to build the foundations and resources for them to be successful. But taking a step back, you know, we had this conversation about what is social entrepreneurship. It used to be about a niche, like a segment of entrepreneurship that are going after social problems. But today, um, I believe every entrepreneur can be a social entrepreneur. You know, whatever you are building eventually is going to have consequences on the environment and on the society. So we cannot be neutral. If we close our eyes to these decisions, we are making a decision. You know, following the status quo is what has brought us to here, where we are seeing a lot of social systems, environmental systems are really at the threshold of breaking or already breaking. So it is the role of every leader in the society and business owners and leaders play a very major role. And I wish I knew these things. You know, when I was an entrepreneur, I was so focused on the science and technology of what we were building and just acquiring customers and raising funds. That is already a lot, yes? And for the rest of the things, I would say, you know, I follow the status quo. The VCs tell me, you do a C-Corp. This is how you organize your cap table. These are the people who give you money. And, you know, you just trust. These are the ways to do things. And after, you know, after a while, you see that your choices become very limited because you have given up the ownership, the control, and there is, there is like very certain pathways, you know, very quick exit, sell your company or, or get out. And I wish I knew these things, you know, the, these things are not being taught in schools or 
you know, almost any entrepreneurial organization or venture builder program that I'm aware of. So I think we are setting up something very new. I hope it will be a platform for global conversations on mm-hmm. how to do entrepreneurship differently, to stay on purpose and be very socially and environmentally conscious as we grow our organizations. And by the way, that doesn't mean we don't want to create more work for the entrepreneurs. You know, we all have so much empathy. We are entrepreneurs ourselves. We think these are very helpful tools. They're going to decrease their, you know, kind of troubles down the road. And also we want to provide a lot of tactical and really applicable uh, tools. You know, these, these discussions are some of the major ones, but we had a discussion around, you know, partnership with governments or data privacy regulations. There are many things that are practical. And then we add these more philosophical elements around it. Yeah. It's really great. And I think it's helpful. I think the lived experience is really important because both from a resource perspective, you know, I was, we were chatting with an entrepreneur just before we got on the phone and uh, who was saying, you know, I'm j- it's just me. There's just one me. And even as I grow my team, there's still just one me. And so how do you think about having the space to explore some of these ideas that may set you up for success in the long run when you're trying to just sort of stand up the business? Is a totally. really, really so- challenging case in your experience what are some of these challenges recurring themes that you are observing entrepreneurs are facing on a daily basis yeah i think the number one thing continues to be this it's a tra- it's the trade off question and maybe that's and and to a certain extent the solve work is is particularly entrepreneurial we started solve innovation future from scratch so i feel i do have some empathy for what entrepreneurs are experiencing and i think it's twofold it's not just the resource constraint but it's also the fundamental question of how do you balance serving the hardest to serve or working in the sort of most important spaces where we we need to focus to have impact while you also grow and build a sustainable revenue model and that to me continues to be we actually spoke about it yesterday on our investor showcase that continues to be one of the most challenging questions um i'm i am energized because i actually got into this space because i felt like there had to be more options for social enter- enterprise broadly um, than this this sort of trade-off from a funding perspective of I can pursue grant funding or I can raise um, high-octane growth equity from a very traditional, whatever traditional means, but from a VC perspective. Um, and I will, the question that sticks with me or the, the moment that there was this dilemma really first came into my uh, understanding or purview was when I was in business school and the founder of Warby Parker had actually joined the class and it was a class on creating shared value. So it was this exact conversation that we're talking about. Um, And he said, you know, we have four pillars. It was the early days, Tom said it was just big. And so the idea of the buy one, give one model was new and very exciting. And he said, you know, we have these tenants and we have social, we have social impact built into our ethos and what we do. But fundamentally, if we don't turn a profit, I can't keep our doors open. And it was such an interesting moment for me to say, whoa, you know, it's true. This is, this is the world that we live in. And I'm actually someone who believes in, in the market to help drive growth. I, I believe in that. That's, that's partially why I'm on the investment side of the house. Um, but I think that there, we, we have lacked creativity in finding structures that both allow for growth and for sustainable impact over time. 
Um, and it's been really, this has been a fun exercise for us to explore where there are more options, um, where we can actually meet the objectives of founders along the way. And so if you're a founder who wants to operate your business and you don't want to IPO, that's great. We can find, you know, both governance structures, legal structures, and funding and, and financing that supports you doing that. Um, and on sort of the culture and value side, you can build some of the the cultural expectations into the fabric of, the, of your company that help to have employees feel the buy-in. It's just good business at this point in time to really be supporting your, your employees, both from whether it's by fair wages or diversity or other, really including that in, in the fabric of, of your company can actually help you grow. And fundamentally, whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit, um, thinking smart about the way that you're structured will help you address that dilemma of how do I have impact and also grow sustainably. Um, so really excited to explore some of those topics. Very true. And I think as we were discussing the other day, uh, I, I really liked how you mentioned that it is really a spectrum. Yeah, we are not talking about a black and white world that this is a social purposeful entrepreneur and that is a for-profit these words are blending already yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah? We are seeing yeah. big corporates talking about these values and we see a social entrepreneur want to have growth and profit. So it's really on a spectrum and it is important for us to really open the door to, for every entrepreneur and founder to be part of these conversations. In fact, one of the ways to think about the growth of the social enterprises is that partnerships, yeah? through partnerships with more traditional business um, players. And I think it, it takes collaboration from all parts of the system if we want to shift the system to become more inclusive. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up the partnerships question because I'm gonna pause and encourage folks to submit questions to the Q&A or to the chat. Either one of those is fine. Um, and, and I've also encouraged folks to submit questions before we started. And one of the questions that came through was on partnership. So we'll put a pin in until um, a little bit later, but I'm very glad you, you brought that up because I think that is a big part of of these conversations. Um, but for now, curious, so for those who don't know, um, would you share a little bit about your journey in the last year or so and some of the conversations that you had that helped you find this work in terms of really explaining, is this a new phenomenon? Is it, is it enough if just one company does this or does everybody have to do it? Um, because you've been out in the field kind of talking to folks about these ideas for now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. I have spent a little bit time in Europe and London and then, you know, working with you guys and then entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley. I started to notice this, this rise of these new ideas. You know, I, yeah. I don't want to say these are new because, you know, we're going to have our next speaker, Colin Mayer, talks about the history of corporate structure and how corporates actually, you know, they were purposeful and then maybe the last few decades, you know, we, we went on one extreme too much. So some of these ideas are not new, but definitely there is this renewed attention. And yeah. as a response to a lot of problems that actually the business world created, maybe yeah. somewhat unintentionally, you know, the, the big corporations and, and, you know, previous founders unfortunately contributed to the increased inequality in our world or damage to the environment so there is renewed attention and i uh the last year during the last year i've met many founders and venture builder programs i would say mostly in europe and some in the states that are developing these new types of practices and 
it would be great. We, we're going to have a chance to introduce some of them to the solver teams and the broader audience and, and support them as well in, in changing how things are being done. And at the same time, we see that the traditional you know, sector, they are paying attention to these new ways of doing things. It's, it's harder you know, for a big corporate to, to change. And it is a chance that our entrepreneurs have that when they start things, they just you know, started in the right way. So it, it can help them stay on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. And I do think the sort of market research that you did has been really helpful, um, both in grounding these conversations, but really just uh, opening the top of the scratching the surface, I guess would be the, <laughs> what I would say, the cliche that I would use, um, and recognizing that this is sort of a, a group effort, um, and that it, I think it just takes one success story um, and then we can start to snowball. And I'm excited to, we've been doing a bunch of research, especially on the employee ownership concepts about companies that have been really successful. And, and so we've got some asks out for some of those founders to join some of these conversations moving forward and hear how they've thought about the work that they're doing and what that means for the field and how those interact. So I'm excited for some of those conversations. So where, go ahead. Uh, no, I, I uh, wonder that do you want to talk about some, some that is coming next, you know, some of yeah. the, the sessions that we already have planned. Yep, that would be great. Um, so right now we have planned and, and we flashed up the slide um, previously, but we have a plan to have Colin Mayer join um, our next conversation. Colin's an, a professor at Oxford who's written extensively on some of these alternative strategies and thinking about the role of business moving forward. Um, and so he he's a terrific uh, thinker and we're hoping to balance some of that thinking um, and that sort of cutting edge research with some of the practical um, questions that folks may have. So we've also extended um, Zita Cobb, who is president of Shorefast Foundation, um, which is a really interesting model that is essentially a, uh, a for-profit owned by a foundation and all of the profits from the for-profit entity are actually sent back into the foundation to support local community development efforts. Um, so micro loans to folks who live and, and on this island where Shorefest is, um, is located. So really interesting model. Um, and Zita is gonna join us in a future session too. So I think those are the types of conversations we'll have. And Holland, if you don't mind going back one more slide, um, we'll overview on uh, one, the other way. Sorry, thank you for that. Um, so the next conversation will be focused on, yep, there we go, here we go, on purpose-driven leadership and Colin and, and potentially Zeta, and then ownership and legal structures specifically. Nargis uh, hit on those on a very high level, um, but that means employee ownership, um, which is different obviously than other structures, but also sort of the nitty gritty, what is a benefit corporation versus a B corporation versus an S corporation and LLC. So we'll, we'll do sort of the introduction on all of those concepts and then we'll go deeper on a, on a couple of, of topics. Um, and then the last conversation we have planned is on funding and financing in specific models. Um, that will allow us to explore uh, revenue linked financing, equity buybacks for owners, et cetera. So again, we'll go pretty broad and introduce a bunch 
bunch of different tools and then we can go deep on one of those conversations. Um, and for the ownership and legal structures and the funding and financing conversations, we have some um, guests who will join us that are experts on those pieces. They'll be both investors um, and thinkers again. So we're going to really try to balance this. What's the research component and then sort of what's the practical component and hopefully bring some of you, our solver teams, into the conversation to talk about the way that you're exploring these concepts. Um, and so two questions, recognizing that and that we, we planned about 30 minutes for this first conversation, 35 minutes. I'd love to just hit on two of the kind of types of questions that came in, as I say, um, and picking up the thread, Nargis, that you had brought up around partnerships. Um, so again, folks, feel free, Austin, thanks for submitting a question to the, the Q&A. And Satish, thank you for sending one before the conversation. Holland, we can kill the slides for now. Um, the questions that came in before the conversations were specifically around working with partners who are broadly CSR oriented. So how do we think about government and where does government come into this and where do foundations and NGOs come into this? And how do we think about partnering with those um, different types of organizations? And the question was really geared more from a research perspective of how, where do I even start? How do I start thinking about the working with foundations and governments that may be thinking about this? Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts specifically about where do I start trying to find partners um, or, if you've, or if you've been thinking about any foundations who really are pushing the, the thinking. I would say from a where do I start perspective, um, certainly Solve can help you. That's a great place to start. And if you're curious about focus areas and budgets, there are some places that you can go that have sort of in the US, of course, there are like 990s, which are available and you can have a sense of how big a foundation would be. Often foundations share the information about their current grantees on their website. So those are two publicly available places that you can go to think about what partners might look like. Um, but I think more broadly, we would love to help you and, and certainly can be supportive. Um, I think functionally, as an entrepreneur, working with government and with uh, foundations is probably, especially with impact, is probably going to be a part of what you do. Um, and so really thinking strategically about where there might be folks who are focused on what you're doing is exactly the first place to start. Um, and we're happy to help you think through some of those questions. Um, Nargis, I don't know if you have specific thoughts on that. I think um, it, it uh, really deserves its own conversation. Yeah. And one of the things we are going to do is to have a dedicated session on the partnerships and also share resources, you know, library of resources with the solver teams and entrepreneurs. Um, you know, I can just top of my head think about at least 10 organizations that are trying to help entrepreneurs get connected to these resources. But I think it's better if we just document all of these things so people can find them. Uh, you know, solver teams are addressing problems that a lot of foundations, NGOs, and governments care about. So in theory, it makes sense. There, there is a lot of opportunity for collaboration and uh, working together. But you know, these, these organizations traditionally are not that entrepreneurial. So yeah. there is need for these organizations such as MIT Solve to bridge the gap and be able to do the due diligence and cre create that trust and familiarity for these bigger foundations to get involved. So I think we are leading the path with, with MIT Solve, at least in the States, but there are many more examples that we would be happy to share with the solvers. That's great. Yeah, I totally agree and, and looking forward to building that together. Um, 
And then the last question that I think we should answer before we wrap up actually allows us, Holland, if you don't mind pulling up the second to last slide on the resource library, Austin sent in a question specifically about employee ownership. Um, and again, we're, we're planning to chat about that sort of December time period, because I think the cadence for these conversations will likely be monthly. That feels like the right amount of time. Um, but as follow up from all of our conversations, we're building a resource library. And this is sort of the second prong of this effort. The first is let's get folks together. Let's have um, really actionable conversation about how to use these, theory, these theories of, of while you're building your business. But the second part is, okay, so then what? Um, and while I'm not sure that we should have a specific perspective on the choice that is right for your entity, I do think we can be helpful in pointing folks in the right direction of where to go. And so that's both from sort of Satish's question and Austin's question, we're building this resource library, which is a way for you to get smart. Um, so we'll, we'll essentially divide the resource library, which is a living document, and we'll continue to grow and evolve as we find more research and we, we chat with more people. But it's, we'll, we'll essentially have an, an introductory section that helps you to get smart on the articles and pieces that are being written about the work. Then we'll have a dive deeper section that's a little bit more tactical um, often they're a little bit more sort of scientific in the way that they look at the work, but it will help you if you're curious about a really specific topic, topic like employee and steward ownership. Um, there are, for example, in that scenario, lots of pieces that have been written with actually act, um, ways to incorporate those thinking into everything from the way you raise money to the way you evaluate your employees and what that means and it's super tactical so there are some dive deeper pieces um, then we'll point to case studies of companies that are doing this so in that specific example austin are on employee ownership um, where we can give you examples like king arthur flower or green mountain coffee and some of the folks that have been successful really building sustainable businesses with type some of those models um, the implemented section then again would just be here more resources and frameworks if you're trying to share this with your team and what does that look like um, so we'll continue to build these resource libraries they will be available to everyone um, but we will essentially update them or push them out after each of these conversations so that there's a way to kind of move um, move all of this forward um, Perfect. Casey, yeah. so what are some of the really actionable next steps, both for the solver community? You know, yeah. we have our solver entrepreneurs, we also have solver mem member community, as well as uh, just the broader entrepreneurship uh, yeah. community. If they want to get involved, be part of these conversations, you know, introduce topics, ask questions, or maybe host a session if they really care about the topic, how can they get involved? Yep, I think that's exactly right. So if you are interested in, in getting involved on any of the ways that, that Nargis suggested, definitely reach out to me. Um, we will have my email. My email is casey at solve.mit.edu. Um, so we will make sure that that is in writing. You don't just have to memorize my voice, although I'm sure you all love hearing my voice at this point. Um, and, and reach out. And I, I we mean that. We would love to have questions submitted. We would love to have topics submitted. We can be responsive and we can pull you into those conversations. I think it's important that we feature solver teams. Ideally, I think it would be really neat if you were interested, deeply interested in some of these topics to sort of track your progress over time and write a case study about what that looks like. And then we could share that out with the world to support either your fundraising efforts or your marketing and PR efforts. Um, so we really do, we, we're very open to participant, uh, participant participation um over time so definitely reach out reach out to me reach out to tyler reach out to nargis um and we we will pull you into those conversations in terms of direct follow-up spread the word um 
definitely share this with other solver teams. As I say, we'll, we'll make sure the registration um, link is, or the actual Zoom link is, is uh, accessible a little bit earlier next time. So sorry about that. Um, but then spread the word because we're hoping to release this more broadly beyond solver teams. We love the idea of having you all as our laboratory so that we're really working together. Um, but I think it would be great if we continue to spread the word and hopefully we can continue to act as a standard bearer, bearer for the field um, and hopefully pushing the conversation forward. I love that uh, laboratory example. We are experimenting yeah. here. You know, nothing, yeah. is, nothing is set in the stone. These are new conversations, new ways of doing things that we kind of experiment together and, and share broadly. Yeah, that's great. So please do, thank you for joining us today and please do join us on October 28th for um, our next conversation. Um, as I say, we may even host that as a meeting so we can see some of your faces. We wanted to kick this first conversation off um, in a way that we could record and share more broadly, but we're, we're really looking forward to bringing you all forward um, and elevating the work you're doing and, and can't wait to keep the conversation going. Mary, so thank you so much for your time, for taking the time, and uh, to all of our participants, thank you for joining today. To everyone, fun. Look forward to the next one. Looking forward. Okay. Bye now. Bye.